Welcome back to the Focus on Agriculture podcast. I'm your host, Preston. And I'm Jason. So Jason, we're sitting here in May of 2022, and a lot of farmers have yet to put their crop for the year in the ground. Yeah, for sure, Preston. It's been unseasonably cool for most of the planting season, as well as damp and wet in a lot of cases. And even when there's been a small window when the farmers have been able to plant something, uh, really the forecast hasn't really been very favorable. So they've maybe hesitated to pull the trigger in some cases. Yeah, Jason, every year is unique. And this year is definitely very unique from a weather and environment perspective. And really, you know, this conversation we're hoping to kind of target some of that, those considerations farmers make for early season and protecting their corn, soybeans, and specialty crops with seed treatments, biostimulants, things like that to help mitigate some of these environmental or stress conditions. Yeah, today we talked to Mike Kennedy, who's the Director of Agronomy for Specialty Crops for Rhodesian Life Sciences. And another aspect of this conversation, Preston, that is very timely is we talked a lot about nutrient use efficiency and and the kind of things that farmers can do to help take advantage of the nutrients they're applying to the crop in a more efficient manner. This is especially important, I think, given the fact that we've seen a recent run-up in fertilizer prices. Absolutely. So without further ado, let's jump right into the conversation with Mike. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. To kick things off here today, could you tell us a little bit about your background and what you're up to now? Yeah, so again, my name is Mike Kennedy. So I'm the, currently the Director of Agronomy, focusing on specialty crops for, for Rhodesian Life Sciences. My background is actually in plant breeding. I was a pepper and tomato breeder for bear and you know different different iterations of bear for you know about 15 years prior to my current role and I've been in my current role for about seven or eight years so basically I'm you know I direct our agronomic efforts in the U.S. and do some international work as well um, for Rhodesian Life Sciences. When you talk about specialty crops what are you what kind of crops are you talking about? Yeah, so we focus, so at least domestically, the main specialty crops are, are focused mo- mainly in the West. So, you know, we're talking, you know, almonds, we're talking grapes, uh, you know, apples, even like into potatoes, citrus. We, you know, depending on, you know, how you classify it, you know, rice, peanuts, those are broad acre specialty crops. But basically, in, in a lot, and, you know, in a lot of ways, anything that's not corn soybeans. Is, is, is a lot of is a lot of what what you know my group focuses on. So I think we're going to get into this a little bit more. But do those crops have a lot in common as far as you can use similar products on all those crops, or is it something that's very unique for every individual crop? Yeah, there's commonalities um, amongst all crops, even even row crops, even corn and beans. There's 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 commonalities. Um, but yeah, there are specific nutritional needs for certain crops, you know, and there's, you know, there's, there's region, obviously regional differences. So there's, there's things that are, can be specific to, to certain, to certain crops, but there are, you know, there are common, you know, there are, there are common you know, applications that go, that kind of cover all, all specialty crops. I, you know, I would say they all kind of have common needs. So tell us about Verdesian a little bit. Is that a company that's been around for a while? Yeah, so Verdesian, it's been around for several years. I came to Verdesian. I 
So I mentioned that I my background's in, in plant breeding. Um, I was a plant breeder and Jason, you and I worked together several years ago, but up until about 2015, I was a, I was a plant breeder, pepper and tomato breeder in California. And then I came out to work for a company called Cytozyme in Utah. And Cytozyme is a, is a company based in Salt Lake City, Utah, manufacturing R&D labs, focused mainly on this class of products called biostimulants. And biostimulants is a, is a you know, it's, it's a technology, it's a, it's a class of products that's been around for several years. The Cytozyme focused mainly on the international markets because that seems to be where at least a lot of there was there was kind of broad just the technologies were embraced and so a lot of our products were you know i continued to do a lot of work in latin america and asia and cytosine was acquired by verdesian life sciences a little over a year ago beginning of you know march of 2021 and we brought to the verdesian so the, a lot of the the verdesian technologies on nutrient use efficiency so a lot of proprietary and patented technology that deal with different polymers that help with nitrogen and phosphorus efficiency. And so a lot of the, a lot of the basis for a lot of the, the products that Verdesian had were mostly in that realm. Didn't ha- had a few biostimulant type products, but didn't have a whole lot. And so Cytozyme kind of fulfilled that, that need within their portfolio, kind of that gap. So a lot of foliar biostimulants, a lot of seed treatments that are not biological, not live products, but that we'd like to call our biologically derived products. So manufacturing process, processes uses live products, but then you know the, the live part is removed and then it's a stable nutritional product that's, that's added on. So Verdesian Life Sciences is kind of a, a agglomeration of several, several companies that you know focused on different different angles, different products. So foliar, micronutrients, some soil micronutrients, some seed inoculants, um, but a lot of the, the base the base technology is this polymer technology that helps, you know, helps with nutrient um, efficiency, nutrient use efficiency. Verdesian as, as, as a company was focused mainly on the domestic market. Cytozyme was focused on mainly on the international market. So it was kind of a good marriage between the two, the two organizations. Mm-hmm. And as I've come in um, into Verdesian, I, you know, I still work a lot with international people, but it's been great to focus mainly on the U.S. specialty crop market. You know, a lot in the West, and then we have some, you know, in the in, in the Southeast, but also Michigan, New York. So there's a, you know, there's specialty crops kind of everywhere outside of the Central Corn Belt. So basically, every everywhere, yeah. Thanks for that background, Mike. Some of our listeners are the consumers, the folks that may not even be farmers out in the field. So for folks like that, could you go back and maybe describe biostimulants at a more basic level? Why are they needed? How are they applied? What are they used for? As a concept, biostimulants basically are, there's a lot of different types. There's a lot of different, there's a lot of different ways that we can influence the plant. Um, but essentially biostimulants are, are, are a class of products that help crops work more efficiently. And, um, you know, just as a kind of as a mantra, almost like, a, like an over, overarching goal, that's like, at least for my company, Verdesian, and then a lot of, a lot of companies that are working in, in this space, the, the concept is trying to 
get more out of less, right? So to helping the, the crop to work more efficiently. Um, so one of the one of the big targets of for biostimulants that that Cytosine brought was work dealing with um, environmental stress or abiotic stress. So just broadly speaking, one way we can help crops kind of achieve their full genetic potential is by helping you know all all crops you know there is no such thing as a, as a perfect environment, perfect growing environment. So all crops are going to be under some sort of stress, whether that's disease pressure, whether that's, you know, droughts, whether that's temperature stresses, whether it's chemical over or under application, all of that is going to, is going to reduce the, the efficiency and kind of reduce the, the full potential of the crop. And in, in, in general terms, biostimulants kind of help bridge that gap between their, you know, the actual field conditions and, and where the, the, the crop's genetics can allow them to, to get to. So I would say in general terms, that's what biostimulants do. They help kind of bridge that gap between like reality of, you know, crops, everything, there's all, always stress, even in, under ideal conditions, like in greenhouse growing conditions, or even in the best field and, you know, in the, in the corn belt, there, there's, there's always things that happen. There's always, you know, these are open systems. There's always going to be, there's always going to be problems. So that, that's kind of in general, what the role of biostimulants is. So I'm clearly not an expert in this area, but when you're talking about a biostimulant, just to dig just a little bit deeper. So you had mentioned that it's not exactly a living product, but it's a, a product of a living product. So maybe, um, is, is it like a bacteria produces a protein that is somehow can be beneficial to the plant. And so you're having the bacteria produce that protein and then you're applying it to the plant or is that, am I off base on that? No, no, you're, you're right. That's, and that is one type of biostimulant. So there are, there actually, there are, there are live, live organisms that are biostimulants. There's, there's obviously, there's, there's a lot of products out there. There's a lot of bacterial products, a lot of, a lot of products that are, that are, that are applied to the soil that are applied to the crop that actually are live and they help benefit the, the, the crop. There also are quite a number of products that are derived from live things. So there's a class of biostimulants that have um, what are called fermentation metabolites. And what those are is, so taking a live bacterial species, you know, and, and you know, fungal species in different, you know, depends on the product. And essentially what we're doing is we're kind of taking, we're taking advantage of the symbiotic relationship between a lot of these microbial species, these live species that have coexisted with plants over, over the years. And there's kind of, a, there's a, there's a, there's a symbiotic relationship that's developed over, you know, over the years where the, 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 the bacterial species give off something and the plants give off something and they, and they, they kind of mutually benefit. Right. And so one way, one, one type, one class of biostimulants is taking advantage of that, that symbiotic relationship and extracting from the bacteria what they give to crops without actually having to put it in vivo, you know, in, mm -hmm. in the, in the, in the location. So in the, in the manufacturing process, you can, you can, you can kind of induce those, that effect. And a lot of the, like a lot of the, the production that the, those, of those, those, those bacterial life, life species are like ac organic acids, different carboxylic acids, different things that, will stimulate growth and, and a, a good effect in the crop. So yeah, so when I when I talk about like biologically derived 
products. That's that's kind of what I'm that's mm -hmm. kind of what I'm getting at. Um, but certainly there are a number of biostimulants that have that are actually the mic the, the microbial species themselves. But there's a, there's there's a lot of benefit to not having to deal with that that live you know that live species because you know how it is. I and mean, if it's if it's a live species, you have to worry about a lot of like you know fluctuations in soil temperature, pH, and how you store the product. So there's a lot of benefits just to having a shelf stable product that you can you can apply when you want, right? It's probably a long winded response to, to, what, to what you're asking for, Jason. But yeah, <laughs> no, that's perfect. I, I wanted to you know help understand it just a little bit more. So I think that's great. I had a question, Mike. So when you're doing R&D on some of these products, do you target stressed environments, maybe lesser performing environments, or do these products have utility in some of these higher yield potential areas as well? Is it a broad target from a geographical standpoint, or do you dial that in to more of like the stressed areas? Preston, that's a great question. And that's that, and that a lot of that has to do with like the, the type product we're dealing with. So for, if we're dealing with like, you know, stressed environments, you know, we, you know, there's a lot of the, these biostimulants that are, that focus mainly on helping relieve the, those stresses. So if you have, you know, well, even in the best environments, a lot of times after planting, you don't know what the temperature, what the weather is going to do. So there, there is benefit to some of these stress response products, even going in on the best of environments, because it's, it's, it's almost like a little bit of insurance, right? It's a little bit, you know, where you can, you can, you can help out. But, um, <clears throat> but I think also to your point, there are, there, I mean, there, there are ideal environments where we don't have, we don't have to deal with, you know, environmental stress quite as much. And we focus more on the nutrient use of it, you know, the, the, the nutrient use efficiency part to try and help the plant use nitrogen and phosphorus and, and all the, you know, different nutrients more efficiently. And that, you know, and that's, cool. you know, that, and that, there's a, you know, with the prices of fertilizers, you know, I'm sure you guys are aware of it, where it's just through the roof. Anytime a, a grower can make do with a little bit less, that's a, that's a good thing, right? I definitely want to dive into that topic a little bit more. I just had a comment about the seed treatments that you're talking about. I just seed treatment yeah. in general, and we're talking about even, you know, standard fungicide and insecticide seed treatment. We do a lot of research with planting date and looking at soybeans across different planting dates and things like that. And we see a, you know, a huge benefit from the seed treatments early. We don't always see that when we're planting, say, in mid-May or later in Illinois. But as you mentioned, it's a, it's a little bit of insurance because it, it, you know, you can have those fluke events, you know, some kind of disease that's there that you maybe weren't expecting and, and it can wipe out half your crop or whatever. But a lot of these seed treatments are, are I don't want to make any economic decisions for me, but, but fairly cheap insurance in a lot of cases. Exactly. Yeah. We're talking pennies, you know, or dollars, dollars on the acre and in the, the, the full season, the broad, even, even, even compared to the price of seed, it's a drop in the bucket, yeah. right? It's not, it's, it's in, you know, you talking about getting bang for your buck. It's, it's, I think seed treatments are a good way to, good way to do it. And there, yeah. and there, and there are types of biostimulants. We, so Verdesian has this product that's it's kind of hit the market pretty, pretty good in, in the corn and bean market called C plus graphite. And this, it, it's, and it's a, it's a towel graphite replacement product that is, that has a biostimulant on it. And it's like, you know, whether, I don't know, you guys tell me what talc graphite, you know, it's a commoditized product. It's, you know, a couple dollars an acre. 
or whatever it is, or I don't know, maybe it's less than that. And just just spend a little bit more to get that added a little bit of a little bit of a biostimulant effect. You know, it's it's it usually pays off for the grower. Yeah, it's a product that they're using anyway, and so they're just getting an extra benefit exactly. from it. Exactly, exactly. And I, and I think that's just, it's the same. It kind of it's the same thing for different different application, different you know different uh, you know fertilizer treatments, different different things all along the way. If we can just tweak it, and you know, it's it's just an in, incremental cost increase typically, but it's you're going to get a lot of benefit out of you know out, out of out of a out of a somebody's hired these better more newer technologies that are out there. Mike, you referenced something a couple of times and I'm, I'm not going to let this one go because you mentioned nutrient use efficiency and uh, you referenced the cost of fertilizer right now. And, I, and that's a huge concern in farmers' minds right now, the cost of fertilizer going up. We have all the things going on in the world, the supply chain issues, the Ukraine war exacerbating that problem. Talk a little bit about nutrient use efficiency and the kind of products how can, how can a biological product or some other product help a plant with nutrient use? Yes. So a lot of the, the core technology that, that we have is basically just protecting. So the, 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 the nutrient, the nitrogen, the phosphorus that is applied, um, it's just, it's protected. And it's used more efficiently. So a lot of the, so, so, so a little bit different technology. So it's a polymer technology that we're, that I'm, that I'm referring to here that at least that the Verdesian has. That helps. It helps protect the nitrogen or the phosphorus that's already that you're applying. So it's not a biologic. It's, it's a little bit different technology. Mm-hmm. But what it's doing is it's 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 protecting it and helping it used and used more a little bit more efficiently. You know, in the soil or you know whatever application we're talking about. Because there's a lot of a lot of instances when you apply. You know, you, you apply nutrients. They get bound up in the soil. Just you know, depending on different types of soil, but so with a lot of these technologies we, we have that they just make them more available and make them make them so the plant can actually use them more efficiently. There's a lot of loss that happens when, you know, especially, you know, phosphorus and things that it isn't really used very efficiently by the by the crop. But if we can kind of protect it and it just allows it to be to, to be utilized a little a little better, a little, you know. And in some instances, we've, you know, we've been we're kind of toying with this. We're looking at also in, in a little reduction in nitrogen and, and nitrogen application rates and seeing the same or even sometimes a little bit better response within the crop, a little better productivity, a little better yield, a, better, a little better performance with a lot of these technologies that are, that are out there. And, and not to get too deep, this isn't a soil chemistry lesson, but for the, for the non-farmers out there that are listening, there's a nitrogen cycle, just like there's a cycle with a lot of things. And for instance, using nitrogen as an example, that's a nutrient that when it's in the soil, it can be in a lot of different forms. And, and some of those forms can be lost to the atmosphere. Some can be lost to the water. Some stay bound to the soil. Um, and the, the microbial activity in the soil has a big effect on that. And so it's, it's really important when we talk about, as Mike referenced, getting that to stay in a form that's usable for the plant. And if you can do that, you can maybe, as you mentioned, use a little bit less fertilizer. Do you also have products that maybe help the plant use it more efficiently as opposed to keeping it there in the soil? Yeah, so that, and that's kind of goes along with the, we have some other technologies that, you know, they're, they're kind of different, different, you know, different uh, patented technologies that help 
you know, with like the glutamate synthase pathway that just kind of help kickstart the, the, the crop's metabolism of, of you know, utilization of nitrogen. So yeah, we have, <clears throat> we have a couple other patented technologies that help with a lot of those processes. So in, in addition to protecting the nitrogen, protecting the phosphorus, there's also some, some technologies that we have in our products that help help the uh, just the utilization of nitrogen, utilization of nutrients more, more efficiently. Cool. Kind of in that same vein, Mike, I'm curious, are most of your products used prophylactically, you know, beforehand? Or is there any opportunity for like variable rate technology to be integrated into the use of this or maybe, you know, applied topically or like a, in a spot spray type format to really hit those regions that can most benefit? I would say you to your first point, I would say most of the time we're looking at kind of a prophylactic, kind of a kind of a, a programmed approach to most of our technologies. Um, it's best, right? It's it's best, but there are cases where you know you don't always have the ability to help the crop recover. And so there are there are some benefit to it, like a, a you know a, a, a spot approach. But you know, for instance, if we're talking about like the like a biostimulant technology, a lot of the a lot of the timing, the application rates, they, they coincide with when they're going to get a free ride on the crop, especially if we're talking the foliar. So they go on with they go on with their herbicide application, a fungicide application. But a lot of those, a lot of those timings just happen to line up quite nicely with good phenological state stages of the crop. So if we can help reduce crop stress prior to like you know, if we're talking flowering or, you know, pod set, that's going to ultimately help the yield, right? So, you know, if there's, if there's a way to, to help kind of bridge these, these, you know, hard periods where the crop's going through some stress, that that's probably best, but there's also, I, you know, I think there also is some benefit to some, you know, non-prophylactic application where you can help the plant, you can help the plant, the crop recover, you know, but it's, I, I think it's best if you can, you can kind of just get that into a sense. program, right? Yeah, because yeah. I, I mean, the variability across the soil type, all boats raise, right? Proportionally, probably in most situations. So that makes exactly. perfect sense. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like we were talking about earlier, it's just kind of easy. It's just kind of cheap and easy insurance. It just, it takes a lot of the guesswork out of the, out of the, the crop, um, the outcome. And, you know, when, 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 when growers are just, throwing so much money into their crop, you know, everything's so expensive these days. This is just an incremental extra cost that can really kind of stabilize a lot of those, those, the very, you know, the variations in, in, you know, what we're seeing out there. It's always easier to prevent a problem than to control it after it's already come in. And, and some things, if there's damage to the plant, you know, we think about a disease coming in and then we spray fungicide and we can stop that infection, but any damage that's done is already done and there's no fixing yeah. the, the problems that are there. Right, right. You're gonna the crop will get to a certain point where it's just beyond recovery. And I, you know, and on, you know, Jason, you and I have worked in breeding, and a lot of our, you know, a, a lot of our background is in helping the, from that angle, right? Developing op, mm -hmm. optimizing varieties. And I think what we're seeing in the, the last few years is we're we're taking like those breeding efforts because there's a there's a lot that can be done. But, you know, and we talk about G by E, you know, influences on the crop, we can help, we can help that environment by all of these, these, you know, the, the, mm -hmm. the class of products in the, that just falls in the broad category of nutrient use you know, products, whether it's biostimulants, whether it's 
polymers that protect applied applied nutrients, whether it's you know different different technologies that help you know make the plant work more efficiently. I think all of that is just what the general trend, kind of the next generation that I that I really think are, is is really to the benefit of, of growers. They're we're, they're benefiting from the the latest and greatest genetics, but then there's even more we can do to take advantage and just to maximize the potential of those genetics. Because even you can have the best variety out there, if you're if you've got you've got you know bad conditions, you're not going to be able to take advantage of the of that of, of the genetics. You might as well have a you might as well have a 20 or a, a 40 year old variety on your hands. Well, that's right in line with my next question because I was going to ask you know how do you view the future of like the seed treatment industry and biostimulants specifically, are you optimistic? Do you think there's a lot of runway ahead of you? Yeah, because I honestly, what I, the trend I'm seeing with fertilizer prices, with everything just kind of, just seems like everything is just getting more and more expensive and everything is just, you know, that, that just seems the trajectory we're going. And I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure as the Ukrainian situation calms down a little bit, you know, prices may go down, but even before that we were seeing, you know, we were seeing prices with coming out of you know, products coming out of China. They were just skyrocketing. Um, so I think the trend is everything is just getting more and more expensive. So the way I see it is where the future is just trying to optimize, trying to make do with with minimal resources as best possible. And the way to do that is with with like I think a lot of these nutrient use technologies that are just helping the crop work more efficiently. And there's constant there's at least you know within within my company i'm sure within a lot of different companies there's co- constant um just a search to try to find technologies to help the crop work more efficiently whether it's different delivery systems whether it's different you know molecules with the different active ingredients um whether it's biological products whether it's non-biological products um i think all of these are kind of coming together to really create the next generation of, in in ag um there's just a lot, there's just a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of cool things coming, coming on the horizon. Mike, this has been a great conversation and it's possible that some of our listeners might want to learn a little bit more about things you've talked about or contact you. Do you have a way that people could learn more about your company, about these products that you've said? Yeah, they, we could certainly, I can, uh, give you guys, if you, I don't know if you guys want to give my email address, that'd be, that'd, that'd be great. They can contact me directly. I can also, we can also put uh, our company's website on there. I, I think it's vlsci.com, but I, I'll, I, can get, I can give it to you and you can, you, you can give it to your, yep. to your listeners. But yeah, absolutely. They can read about our technology. We've got a, we've got a really strong presence. You know, we're mo- probably most of your listeners are in the, you know, in the Midwest. Um, in, in certainly the, we're very strong in row crops outside of the, out of the Midwest, you know, and in, in this, in more of the special regions in the, you know, in the West and in the East, you know, we're, we're, we're strong in, in a lot of the specialty crops, but kind of historically, the, the, the main focus of our company has been on row crops. So we've got a, we've got a, a lot of great resources that are focused on corn and soybeans. So yeah, ha- happy to, happy to direct people and with products and, and happy to have um, offline discussions with any of your, with any of your listeners. Great. And we'll definitely put some of those links in the show notes so that people can check it out. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks, Mike. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Great spending some time with you.
The views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the program hosts or their employer.